Welcome to the Soul Midwife Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Hughes. I'm an energy healer, a guide, a mama of four, and yes, a soul midwife. In this podcast, I offer guidance, healings, and wisdom for women who are feeling out of alignment, disconnected, and are longing to find out or to rediscover who they truly are from a deep place of wholeness. Women who are ready to step out of the culture of busy, overwhelmed, disconnection, and fragmentation, and to lead lives that feel soulful and aligned from the inside out. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. So today I'm going to be sharing a story from a class that I recently taught, which I often do, share stories as a way to facilitate a discussion or an opening within your own body around, specifically today, around really what is normal and how far out of balance or away from balance, quote unquote, normal is. And so by normal, I'm, I'm going to be talking about body, mind, and spirit and really just like the natural laws of the world around us and the natural laws of our body. And so this conversation, and, I, and I'm also going to be talking about labels and how we can really fragment or different things like calling something uh, hippie or calling something, I don't know, Republican. I don't know. That's a big one. The different political groups. I'm not going to go into that, but calling something a specific label then and then judging that is keeping us fragmented from something perhaps that we can find within it. So specifically today, I'm going to be talking about perimenopause because I recently taught a perimenopause class to a group of women. This is something I do. I have women who gather up with their friends and colleagues and they create a class and kind of like all la 1970s, I go and I teach, right? Because I'm trained as a midwife. And I go in and I speak about hormones in a very different and expansive way. And I speak about this life cycle transition that, you know, most people don't even know about because culturally we don't even speak about. And so the class really starts more like a women's circle. It's about sharing perceptions around the life cycle shift. It's about sharing each of the participants' um, what they heard from their culture of origin, what their larger culture says. Uh, the relationship that they individually have with their cycles, and then what they even know about their cycles. And so through that conversation, then the specific teaching comes, right? This is the way I like to teach because I like it to be an experience, not just like a blah, 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 here's the information. Maybe it'll stick, maybe it won't. But like, how has even up to this point been acculturated into your unconscious, like really bringing the unconscious to light before we dig into the creation of a possible new story and as well as the information around logistics, right? The the little pieces of it. So both, you know, the, the small, the micro and the macro level. So throughout the conversation, one woman who is speaking about, she's a high level engineer. So this class in this particular class was all science group. I've, I've never had this happen. I quite liked it because I love science. People have often told me that I'm a, a beautiful bridge between the sacred and the science because I can really simplify uh, scientific bodily s- systems in a way that's just really easy to grasp, right? And so 
the group was made of doctors, of physicists, of engineers, just like everybody was in the science kind of crowd. So one woman who was a high, high level engineer spoke about how tired she is. Like one of her fears, we talk about fears, is um, she already finds it quite hard around her quote unquote PMS time, um, which if you haven't ever heard me call it prioritize myself <laughs> that's how I think of PMS if we just prioritize ourselves then probably we're not going to have such up and downs but um, I'm sure I've spoken I know I've spoken about that in many many other podcasts so she was speaking about one of her fears is that she's already quite um, as she's entering this transition feeling even more of the emotionality and sometimes snappiness around her period and she currently, her current mode is to hide away. And she feels a lot of judgment around it because, internal judgment, because she works with all men, right? And so she's like, well, she can't be emotional. She can't be snappy. She shouldn't have, be more tired. She shouldn't be more like kind of fuzzy around her period, right? She should just be this high level person like all the rest of her colleagues. And so we really spoke we began the conversation around seasons, right? The seasons of our monthly cycle and the seasons of life, obviously. We're speaking about perimenopause and just really how how natural. <laughs> like The funny thing is you could call it hippie, right? Some of those, that was some of the words. You could call it new age. You could call it, uh, I don't remember what some of the other words were, but there was labels around like, if you're if you're really paying attention to your cycles and you're sinking and you're living into alignment, it's just like this hippie thing to do, right? And they are definitely not hippies. And I just brought to the attention that like comes to me all the time when I'm speaking to people is like these are just the most natural aspects of us. Like how can we label them as bad, wrong, or like hippie? or new agey or like earthy or whatever they're literally just not we all have periods well not all of us but most women have periods right and those periods do make us more emotional and more tired and maybe that's not a bad thing. And maybe we wouldn't be so emotional if we actually were able to, like what if you were able to just honor your period and not push as hard and not have as many to-do things on your to-do list, right? Maybe, maybe you just not checked out of life, but maybe just take some more off your plate, right? So there's things I do in my own business. Thankfully, I can run my business. But even as a midwife, like when I was actively midwifing, I can't determine when babies are coming or not. But there's still things you can do to take care of yourself. So we, the the kind of the more, the juicy point of the conversation was, this is so natural. Like, why aren't we mad? What what started to come, the, way, the women were like, why aren't we mad? That life is set up against this, against us. And so that we feel uh, judgment and angry because we can't do it the way the men do. Right? And really men should, not like a dig to men, but like 
it's a loss to all of us because there's some beautiful things about us. It is not like nature didn't get it wrong. God didn't, if that's the, what you choose to call the sacred, they didn't get it wrong. And so like us trying to control it, which is what we do um, so much, like through so many different avenues, or like to hate it or wish it away or to all of the things is really like going against the naturalness of us. And we continued that conversation. Another woman talked about how she had really high stress levels. She worked nights. I can't, she was in the medical field and she works nights. And she has kiddos and she was talking about in the pandemic, everything really slowed down and she felt like, whoa, I didn't even know I needed this pause. So we talked about the naturalness of pause in life and like how there's pauses all around, like nature, even the animals, if you watch the animals, there's pauses all the time in animals. Like there's just pause. Pause is part of life. And honoring it is actually part of life. And when we go against it, it's like an antagonism to actual life. But we don't create space for it in our society. We don't. It, there's less and less pauses, right? So we're really diving into that. And then she said once COVID was done, like life got back. The kids got busy and she was doing all the things and then she was working at nights and her stress levels were like through the roof and obviously affect, you know, that affects the menstrual cycle. And especially during the perimenopause phase of life. And she she was talking about how <clears throat> somebody had suggested or, yeah, meditation to her. And she had labeled it. She wanted to try it, but she had labeled it as hippie. That was the exact word she had used. Um, which I'm not. I'm not saying this to like judge her or call her out because I've labeled things as hippie in my life, or I've labeled things as all sorts of different things. And it's kept me away from accessing potentially some beauty and wisdom and medicine for my own soul, right? And so she she had labeled it as hippie, and she didn't want to try it. And eventually, she tried it, and she said it's helping her so much. And I was like, yeah, well, meditation is literally, like, can be the type of meditation. I do lots of different meditations, but one of them is vipassana. It's breathing. It's just focusing on your breathing. There's no mantras. There's no God involved. There's just breathing. You're just focusing on your breathing and then tapping into your innate energy, right? Because you start to feel it. Because you slow down enough and you can, like, literally feel the hum of your body. It, that obviously takes a while to get to, but... At first, you're just starting with breathing, and then you don't, you don't, you forget to breathe, and you remember all the things, and you're like, oh shit, I've been thinking for 20 minutes, and now I'm gonna come back to breathing, right? But it's not, it, it's not the, it's not the just always focusing on the breathing. It's actually the coming back to the breathing when they've done brain scans that makes the difference, that causes the interruption, that causes the new patterns to be formed. So not judging if you are doing that. But we spoke to her. She spoke about like, oh, you're breathing. Like that's literally one of the most natural things, yet again, that you can possibly do. But we label it as hippie. We go, we go places for breathing. We go places for, I don't know, to move our body. And that's not to say you shouldn't go to yoga class or whatever you want to do. Like, that's beautiful. There's community there. There's lots of other aspects of it. Or maybe it just gets you out of your house and motivated. But I'm just saying, like, there's all of these beautiful, normal things in life that are available to us. That provide that balance. Because our bodies, right, we are mammals. 
We are animals. Our bodies are meant to be in balance. Our bodies are meant for homeostasis. Like that's just, you know, like literally kindergarten uh, science. When we're hot, we sweat. Like my little six, six, seven-year-old, seven-year-old now, he's seven. He knows that. He knows that when we're cold, our body shakes to warm up, that we have to be in balance. That when we get a fever, our body's trying to become back in balance by sweating out the bad guys. That's what we say. Um, that like light, that our bodies as mammals want to be in balance, that the earth wants balance. And it's going to do what it takes to get into balance. And so talking about these things as new age or hippie or counterculture or um, I don't know, what are some other ones that we all or I've said over times? Uh, I don't know. It just seems dumb. And we were really diving into this a lot. And all of this, if you think that this doesn't have to do with hormones, then you're totally wrong. Like that is part of the expansive nature of, of hormones that I bring to the table, bring to the conversation is it's all connected, but kind of like, duh. But, you know, for most of my career, even as a midwife, I didn't get it. I thought, well, you need the oxytocin. Oxytocin is what causes the tr- contractions. And then you need the this and the prolactin does the breastfeeding and the da, 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 da. But it's like, okay, well, what happens if there's stress? That's a different hormone. Well, if there's stress involved, then it breaks, it causes this system. It's like all working together, right? So even the, the beginning of the, the conversation around the culture the culture of origin, what does it think around perimenopause, what does the larger culture say, that is really, really there's a cultural neuroscience is a field and they're studying how our behaviors are actually, our behaviors, which are really based on often story, right? If you've never read Brene Brown, she talks a lot about that, but that the stories that were told around perimenopause, around women's bodies, around our relationship, or not told or ignored, totally impact this time period, totally impact our hormonal state. So does our stress level. So does our um, emotion. So does our, like so many things. I could go on, so does the food we eat. So does, like everything, it's everything. So you can't just like, isolate progesterone or isolate oxytocin because it's part of the larger system sure you need to know if it's if those parts are a little out of balance but you don't just like address that one thing right you address the whole and so often we do this we address the fragment we are fragmented it's why we feel so disconnected the fragmentation causes such a disconnection there was a, <clears throat> there was a, I don't know, it was a short little reel, which I think that's, I talk about fragmentation, like our attention spans are like, I can't do reels because obviously if you're listening to this, you can see that I kind of, my brain, which is natural for women. And I used to think I was stupid because of this. This was a story I had, but my brain naturally circumlocutes, like it goes around and rounds and ends up at a point. And most women's brains, this is how we work. Like this is normal, natural. We come back. It's not that we're rambling. It's not that we're stupid. It's not that we can't get the point across. And not all women do this. And I don't do this in every situation. Like, but most of the time, this is how I speak, right? I get back to the point. 
And that is natural and that is normal. And so in order to get to that place, we have to like honor it, right? We have to honor that this is part of our cycle. We have to honor even just like, okay, so so about sunrise, right? Sunrise is, without going into too, too much, because that's really a podcast and I teach about it all the time in the shift program, which you should check out. It's 10 days. Uh, it's not open right now, but you can get on the wait list because I actually am going to be opening it in think a few weeks it's pretty epic it's all about hormones but yet not about hormones at all so I talk about the sun and with sunrise what the sunrise and the light that's available at sunrise actually does to our hormonal state and that because we live in these little boxes with this you know um, blue light all the time and not the natural light of the world it's completely altering our uh, ability to create certain neurotransmitters like serotonin, melatonin. So serotonin is happy, supposedly happy, one of the aspects of the happiness. Uh, mel- melatonin is sleep. What is the one of the biggest drug industries? People can't sleep, so they take drugs to sleep, right? And if that's you, not judging you. Like I actually haven't been sleeping all week either because um, there can be other things like stress. But getting up with the sunrise helps produce serotonin melatonin you need the specific light right and so if you think about the fact that we're mammals if we were like animals well i can tell you because i live on many acres of land that in the morning the antelope are in my front yard and the deer are in the back they're up with a sunrise and they're most of around during that time. There's something they're getting as well for helping their functioning, right? That's like not hippie, it's not new age, it's not counterculture, it's just part of life. So back to the real thing, because that actually came into my brain, uh, what I was going to finish. I saw this reel from uh, Dr. Zach Bush, and he was talking about the isolation of cells, which is what they often do in science when they're trying to study a disease or they're trying to study um, a drug or something, they, they will isolate cells in like d- petri dishes, right? And then see how they interact in certain environments and what causes this, what causes inflammation, how can you help it? And what he has been doing in his lab is fa- is finding that when you isolate the cells, they go into a state of like chaos. So they act very differently in isolation than they were would in the community of cells. Does that make sense? So just think about humans. When we are in isolation from each other, the further and further we've gotten from like the non-communal uh, living, the more and more disconnected we've felt, right? And so if you look at cultures that, going on the perimenopause theme of this episode, if you look at cultures that don't really experience perimenopausal symptoms, so they don't have the hot flashes, they don't have the rage and the all of these like extreme things that we feel and often medicate for, which is fine. Again, like no judgment. If you don't make your own hormones, you're going to have to take them. And there's great options nowadays. So if that's a thing that it comes up for you, then it's great that we live in the 21st century, right? But there's a lot of cultures in the world that don't even have this as part of their language. And those cultures are, one, they honor their elders. Two, they live closer to the earth and the seasons, like the seasons, they eat more seasonally, they eat more like what's grown around them, they eat less processed food. 
they honor their elders, I said that, and they live more communally. So like grandparents live around them and they don't live so, and even if it's not like maybe your family of origin is like a source of your major stress, which I know that is for a lot of people, there's still community, right? There can be community in other ways, shapes, or form. But we're so like fast paced all the time that we don't we don't seem to have time for it. That seems to be the thing I hear from people, right? And it's hard. It's hard to make community. Right now, I, I moved back in February, and I haven't found my community here. And it's on my list of things to do and focus on for the fall because I desperately need it, right? I'm really, really lacking it. But it's hard. It's like, how do you, where do you go for community? And so I really want to get the point across that Sometimes those labels, the new age, the hippie, the water, even the label of like a political label. It's like, okay, you, you, I'm kind of like a moderate person, always been kind of independent, kind of in the middle. Some things I'll lean one way, some things I'll lean the other way. Um, I definitely would say maybe I'm more left leaning, but sometimes I'm more right leaning. So, but the thing is like what I've found is that um, there's a lot of right people where I live currently but when you connect to the heart of them like truly truly the heart of them not the politics of them you find something different you find some humanity and opening and then then there can actually be dialogues around maybe some of the political things that you're like how could you possibly believe in that right and goes the other way too and so so all of these labels that we have that keep us from something so it's natural to label, like that's what our brain does because it needs to compartmentalize or it gets overwhelmed. And there's something deeper than our brain. We are a soul, right? There's the soul that resides in this beautiful bag of bones. And it knows something more. And to get to that access of that place, to get to that sacred is honoring the life that we are living. But it means actually living and showing up to life because we are more than the mind and the body. We are literally light. And there's so much more available to us. Like even the light that we only see 0.0035% of the light that's all around us. Science has proven, right? But it's still there. And so pausing is the way that we access that door actually recently created, if you're listening to, if you've made it this far and you're new to me, I recently created a new um, offering, on free offering up on my website. It's called Deep Drink. And one of the, and it's just a five day quick 10 to 15 minute uh, experiential opportunity for you. And one of the, the days I offer you pause and people are like, what? Pause? Do nothing? Like that's, there's no value in the doing of the nothing and I'm here to say yes there is in the doing of the nothing we feel something new a new center of gravity a new way of being a new way of feeling something new moves through us that was already there but we've now paused enough to see it and so really this is all about rewilding it's what I've taken to call it there's a lot of people using the term rewilding. It's just what came to me years ago on my own journey. And 
people use it in lots of different ways. I use it as literally connecting all the dots, so tapping into the inherent laws of nature, the laws of us, the science of us, including our electrons and the ATP and our mitochondria and our, and our energy and the hormones and the neurotransmitters, as well as connecting into the natural world and the natural rhythms and letting that be a guide for our life, like getting more back to that because that is where the balance and the connection is going to be found. If we keep going in the direction that it has been going, we're only going to get more disconnection. And I just don't think it's going to, it's not possible to continue in that direction for much longer. And I feel it, I don't know if you feel it, but I feel it shifting. Maybe it seems like there's a lot of things breaking down because in order to, I was just having a conversation with my husband about just relationships and our relationship. And normally when we have some sort of an argument or something, it means that there's like a breakdown of what was in our relationship in order to a rebirth of something new, right? That's how I see it now after nearly 20 years of marriage and 25 of being together is that something new needs to be born. And so oftentimes that can feel a little chaotic for a while. And so maybe the earth feels a little chaotic to you. It kind of does a little bit to me. A little less living out here in the boonies. But rewilding is really tapping into that connection. And so it feels very, and we were talking about this in the in the perimenopause class, it feels very like radical. <laughs> it feels really radical to speak about breathing and pausing and letting yourself be in alignment with your menstrual cycle. It seems like super radical and counterculture, which makes me laugh because this is how far we have gotten from the truth. It's literally the truth of us is that we are cyclical beings. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with us. There's nothing weird about it. There's nothing hippie about it. There's nothing new agey about any of that it's just getting back to that and getting back to that deeper connection and that deeper balance because that's what the human that's what the mammal wants that's what our body wants is the homeostasis that's how we thrive and so what does it take for you to be in homeostasis what does it take for you to thrive and like what would life look like just simply, and that's a lot of what I talk about is simple things, right? Not like completely changing your life and quitting your job and all the things. Maybe that needs to come, but that seems like very um, a state of nervous system dysregulation. It's like too much fear, right? To quit everything and just do that all at once. So what small micro rituals can you start to implement to just open something new? Like watching the sunrise. Wow, that's a huge one. It opens so much new, plus it helps your hormones and it helps your mental health and it helps you become more balanced. Like it's a radical state of being. Plus it's fucking beautiful. You find, screw the biology, there's something so sacred about being there out there in the sun and witnessing like the rebirth. And it doesn't matter if you can actually see the sunrise, if they're in the middle of the city, the light is there whether you see it or not. It just happens to make it a lot more beautiful if you do get to see it, right? But it's still there. You're still going to feel it. And so I think I think that's where I'm going to end today. I hope that this has been a... I thank you for sticking with me, first of all. If you're here all the way to the end, thank you. 
I would love to hear from you. I'm a real lady. I always say this. I'm a real lady on the other end of the email or wherever you contact me. So you can find me over at soulmidwifejulie.com. I have that new free offering, Deep Drink. I have the shift coming up, which is going to be so, it's my favorite thing to do. It's 10 days. It's 30, 45 minutes a day, or you get to watch the recordings. You can go hang out and sign up for the wait list for that. Super affordable. Uh, it's been life-changing for many, many women. It's again about those micro rituals. So not only does it help you with your hormones, if that's a thing, but it helps with your body and your spirit, or helps nudge you in the direction of balance, right? Um, and otherwise you can email me. All right, everyone. It was really good to connect and I will speak to you soon. Bye.